You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. Oh, yeah. Let's let's. Let's talk about I, I I quickly want to run through a bunch of episodes. I don't even know if anybody watched all of these episodes because there's a, you're going to see it sense a common theme okay. coming throughout all of these episodes because hit us, hit us. season one, episode 12. Yes. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw the one where Arnold and Willis's cousin comes by played by the one and only LaWanda Page. I saw that in the uh, in the list right here, and I was like, "Oh no, I know exactly what they're going to do with her." <laughs> and probably is exactly what you think. She comes through. She's like, "Hey," because they're like, "We didn't think we had any family. We thought all our family was gone, or we, you know, we don't we don't know any of our relatives." And she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm coming back from Detroit. Um, you know, hey, here, look at these pictures of me and your family. You know, yada yada." Um, <laughs> You know, she's like, oh, you know, I, I don't have a long to stay. I'm just going to, you know, I just wanted to stop by and say hi and then and then leave. And then, um, you know, like, they're like, oh, can we get you something to eat, something to drink? She's like, no, I, I couldn't possibly. Oh, well, 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 if you insist, you know, and then she, like, is getting ready to leave. And she does this really dramatic, comical, like, slip on the rug. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, you should stay here. And, like, you know, it kind of keeps escalating into that. Um, and Arnold and Willis are like, yo, I think our cousin is, like, scamming Mr. Drummond to, like, get stuff out of him and you know like she wants to stick around and you know we should tell mr drummond because he's not from the streets he doesn't know people like this who like you know do stuff like this and you know the episode ends with um you know them trying to like scare her so she like you know drop because at one point in a very sitcom way everybody leaves the room one after the other and so lawanda page stands up takes off her neck brace does a little dance and is like yo you know i got these white people basically and like puts the neck brace back on so you know that she's you know if you had any questions about what she was doing (laughs) but they try to scare her so she like you know moves her neck and, and shows that you know she's not injured um and it doesn't work but like mr drummond is like being extra with arnold and willis because they were like scaring mrs garrett and so he's like getting into them and that is what makes LaWanda Page say hey you know I didn't want to get y'all in trouble I'm sorry that I was trying to scam you or whatever I'm just going to go back to Detroit you know also I'm homeless and poor and like don't have a job and uh Mr. Drummond is like well I'll call my friend who lives in Detroit and like maybe he can get you a job uh how do you feel about false claims work and she's like I'll be good at that and like throughout the episode like she's like doing like little like hallelujahs and like uh you know things like that as she's moving throughout the house so it's all very extra and stereotypical Mm -hmm. but that's like their black relative Mm -hmm. like maybe the only one that we ever see throughout the entire series and she immediately comes in in perfectly uh in perfectly poochy fashion she went back to her planet (laughs) and never came back yeah and she no checkup calls no calls no. and she's just there to scam the drummonds and get their money and like and you know, live good and that's season one too that's yeah. season one and i gotta give a shout out to our veterans our veteran acting a black acting community 
because I know they got them scripts. I know they did. I got to believe it in my yep. heart. And they oh, was like, what yeah. flip is this shit? Yeah. But <laughs> why do you think John Amos was fired off of um, or killed off of uh, Good uh, Times? Good Times. Yes. So I, I have to give it to LaWanda Page because I know she was a, a, a new comedian coming up and right. it's work. And then on the flip side of that, you wonder, was anybody saying, yo, this shit is whack? Was anybody? No, I'm sure. Up, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, behind the scenes, you everything is like in film. You know, we, you know, there's that talk, there's that chatter. It was there too. They probably had their black huddle. Yes, break it up. It's a game. But um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I I believe that's there. But the fact is, is that they put into the atmosphere that all she could do was not come to check on Willis and Arnold because like, she y'all okay. Is he touching you inappropriately? Like none of that. It was just like I'm about to get paid too. Y'all ain't yeah. the ones on the come up, and yeah, I'm about to falsify this claim and just basically move in here and never leave. So this character could have easily been the relative that brought them to the door on episode one, right? Well, you think, but oh, no, yeah. she was in Detroit and she was uh, homeless. Just Park Avenue. Yeah, well, if you if you thought that we were the only ones getting it from different strokes, don't worry because they're they're equal opportunity. Uh, season four, episode four, entitled "Hello Daddy," in which Drummond may have an illegitimate son from his time in the Korean War, uh, where he slept with a Korean woman, who they go out of their way to sexualize to no end like every time that she's on screen where they reference her like will like the this man comes in and is like talking to drummond and is like hey you know like i have some questions about you do you remember this woman you know do like does this does this name mean anything to you you know can we speak in private like i think i might be your son you know yada 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 and like willis and kimberly are like kind of eavesdropping and willis says something to the extent of like um, almost like all right dad like mm-hmm. you, you know what i mean like dad was dad was out there getting it in the korean war i guess <laughs> like i don't really know what the implication is but you know like they see a picture of her and it's like oh she was so pretty i can see why dad was like infatuated with her or whatever and like they use the term Oriental multiple times Ooh. to describe, and this is season four. So this is not the first, this is not the seventies anymore. We're in the eighties. Right. Uh, they refer to them as Oriental multiple times. They make a joke that Kimberly could have been Oriental with blonde hair. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know what's happening there. Uh, and then like very, like they don't get quite well. Cause there's, this is the thing, right? Throughout multiple episodes in which they engage race, like, it's all broad humor, right? And so I forget who, I think it's Sophia, who's like Drummond's uh, sister yeah. is there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, yeah. and it's like, hey, like, you know, I know how to eat with chopsticks. Oh. And he's like, I, well, I use a fork, you know what I mean? <laughs> and there's like a lot of that kind of like dumb white people offensive humor. And then like, I guess that's the the punch up for the, korean actor but like the the (laughs) the ending of the episode is like drummond's like well that can't be my son um you know more or less because like i never i never slept with that woman and like the mother 
is also in New York and she comes and they have a conversation that basically resolves in her telling him that after the like her village was bombed like he had already left she was hiding with like another American POW and like you know he had protected her and all this stuff but then eventually like assaulted her and like raped her and then like that's where that child came from and she never had the heart to tell him what happened so she just made up a story that drummond was his father because she wanted it to be somebody that she loved and like he could be proud of so messy very very strange and messy episode but full of like racial asian stereotypes again refer to these people as oriental multiple times sexualize the mother a lot uh very strange then we get to I I forget what season I want to say it's also season four or maybe it's season five called oh my god it's called the ancestors oh, <laughs> no it's not where you lie Cameron this is an episode in which Drummond gets a piece of land in Harlem and then is going through like records of his family and finds out that his great great uncle was a slave trader and. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. I think think every black person was like, duh. Like, what do you... (laughs) This is shocking information to you? But... Wait, did he he see the papers? uh, Did it go to commercial? Was he like... (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. No, yeah. No, they do that. And then Sophia... Sophia, his sister, is like, we can't tell the kids about this. They can't find out about it. And Drummond's also like, well, you know, this is going to look bad if we open this new building in Harlem and and name it after, you know, a a known slave trader. Although half the buildings on any given... (laughs) On any block in America. What? All the statues of slave traders. Confederate statues. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know why he thought that would be different. But they... So they... I'm sorry. They try to hide it. They they tear up the the letter or the the registrar of like the slaves that his great great uncle had, and uh, eventually Kimberly and Arnold and Willis like find something else that also implicates him in the slave trade, and they're like, "Daddy, I can't believe that you that our great great uncle was a slave again, not your great great uncle Willis and Arnold. Like they probably owned your great great uncle. Oh maybe, yeah, I was about like, to say they ain't ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a whole thing about is is Mr. Drummond going to do the right thing because you know Willis is really upset about it, and eventually like. They don't show the speech because this is another thing about the show. They're very cheap and 90% of it was shot on in the house with no other sets. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's very rare that you left the apartment, but they don't show the speech, but they come back and then conveniently Arnold has taped the speech for Willis to hear because Willis refused to go to this because not his, again, not his blood relative, but Mr. Drummond's great, great uncle was a slave trader and Mr. Drummond is like, you know, I I wasn't going to share this information with you, but like, I just wanted to make it public knowledge that my great great uncle owned slaves. And like, maybe that makes you feel some kind of way about something. And so, you know, I wanted to be upfront about it. And instead of naming it after him, I'm going to name it after my two black sons, Arnold and Willis. It's the Jackson, whatever center in Harlem 
something. Um, thought he did the work. And, he thought he did the work. And then, well, one last one last episode to go through oh, wait, real quick, you just because I you gotta go back. You can't drop. <laughs> Jordan, hold on. You go. You you okay. telling me that Miss? Do you do y'all see how they painted Mister Drummond? Zero. That he didn't. Yeah. That he did not have any racist family members, let alone slave owners. He was shocked. He could not what? believe. Acquire all this wealth. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought it was hard work and bootstraps. What are you talking about? I, oh, I know that everything that you're saying is what actually happened in the episode. And Norman, Mr. Lear, he owes a lot of people an apology. Um, to because this is in perpetuity. This these episodes is out there for people to consume. Can you well, imagine? Now you wonder why they don't want to talk about race. Mr. Drummond didn't want to either. He tried to hide the paperwork. <laughs> he tried. You know. Now they don't want to. They want to re. It's revisionist history. They want to rewrite. Like yep. it says, slavery didn't really happen. It's just a figment of your imagination. And then shame on Sophia for sitting there to tell her brother, don't tell your two black children, the ones you claim you love so much. Oh my like, God. Oh, it's just, <laughs> it goes top down. It goes top down. It's just like, that, don't. It's in their own neighborhood. In then, Harlem, that he owned the building. That he owned the building. Yep. He could have been on episode one. He could have made the Jackson's Community Center so they could go back and visit all their friends and have a oh, relationship my God. with them. That's yeah, well, something I forgot about too is in the episode the the person negotiating the land deal is a black Harlem like you know like known person in Harlem, no. and he also suggests that Mr. Drummond should not let this information get out because it could look bad uh, in the opening of the center, and so they also have a black face to say the thing to exonerate. Drummond, and then, like you're saying, Drummond gets to be the hero because he did the right thing at the end of the I'm episode, and basically I took. Tell him about my great grandpappy. Stop. <laughs> you know did, what I mean? Did you deed the land to Arnold and Willis? Of course not. Nah. Right. Are you trying to are you trying to instate institutional wealth within your family? Just well, what's going on? We... on the building. Let's let's talk about this last episode that I want to highlight that's also wild that I just watched this afternoon. I think it's called The Burial Ground. And it's another oh episode where Mr. Drummond comes into land. Arnold finds like a Native American like, like, it. like carving because mm-hmm. uh, they were at the construction site. And so like this... Native American chief comes to their home, just like a lot of people come to their home. Like you're saying, like they just come, they just come to their house. Doorman lets you right in. I saw in. Muhammad Ali right walk up, up in the their LA. house with no bodyguard, so I get what yeah, I, I know. Just what comes you're saying. on in, uh, but he comes on in and he's like, "Hey, I I heard about from well, because like." and it's it's a litany right like it just starts right off he walks in arnold is like what are you a real uh indian chief and he's like that's what it says on my taxi cab license or whatever and then arnold's like but where are your feathers and he's like well we don't wear those out in public uh and then like they have a conversation about 
you know, what what he found, because I guess some people from his tribe are working on the construction crew and they said that, you know, Arnold found something and it, it might be the site of, you know, their ancient burial ground because uh, this was the 80s and that Native American burial grounds were all the rage, like everybody was building shit on them or, you know, whatever. <laughs> or forgetting uh, that they built so, something on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then... You know, they they had this back and forth conversation and like the chief is like, well, okay, so, you know, we just would request that like maybe you just stop building, you know, because this seems like it it very much so might be, you know, the site of where our ancestors are buried. And we'd like to, you know, like dig a little bit and see if that's true. And Drummond was like, well, hold on a minute now. Like I have government contracts that I can't break. And there's a lot of people who are involved in this. And, you know, like it's not really up to me to just stop the whole thing because you think that there might be, you know, like an ancient burial ground on the site like if you don't have any proof then like you know and then the native chief is like well you know like my people have fought this fight for a long time like we'll fight you on this and uh you know drummond was like well i don't like being backed into a corner so and then they just kind of like leave on that and then you know like the kids are like well wait a minute well arnold and willis are specifically like and let me point this out too. I skipped over this. The chief gives Arnold a very shoddily, clearly made that day on set Native American headdress for him to wear. And so he's got like this uh, raccoon skinned cap that has just like general indigenous iconography on it that who knows, you know, but like, so Arnold's wearing this hat. He's made an honorary member of the tribe. So he's down with the tribe. Willis is like, you can't trust white people, you know, I'm down with the tribe, but Kimberly's like, my daddy would never do anything like that. Like, if daddy says that, uh, you know, this isn't the way that it is, like, he, if he had any choice about it, like, he would do the right thing. So I believe daddy. And, like, uh, Mr. Drummond is like, hey, it's out of my hands. You know, if they have actual proof, then, like, maybe. But uh, besides that, like, gotta gotta build capitalism, industry you know gotta do what we gotta do and so yeah the chief goes on a hunger strike and then arnold and um willis also join the hunger strike there is i think maybe a seven minute sequence of them at breakfast and like like Drummond and Kimberly are actively trying to get them to break their hunger strike right so think about it their father knows that they are trying to make a principled stand about something and because he's a petty bitch is like wait a minute i'm gonna i'm going to turn that back on you 11 year old child and like 15 year old child and like i'm gonna make you feel bad about it while i eat pancakes in front of your face you know what i mean <laughs> and so that goes back and forth um and then like it escalates like the the tribe is like protesting the site and like you know like laying in front of bulldozers and all this stuff and you know kimberly's like uh well daddy's still right right like daddy wouldn't do bad things like conflicted and then the chief comes well uh drummond's like i guess head guy comes in and it's like yo like i just need you to sign these papers so we can send the cops in you know and like remove them and Willis is like, oh, you mean like tear gas and beat them? And, you know, Drummond is like, 
well, wait a minute. I don't want things to get violent. Like, I don't want, you know, things to escalate any more than they already have. Like, why don't we just call in the chief and, like, we can have a conversation? Or as he says, a powwow. And then he welcomes him into his teepee. And then uh, they <laughs> talk and no. basically agree. Well, they don't even really agree because they're going back and forth. And then Drummond just has a flash of brilliance where he's like, well, Maybe what if, I don't know, on a technicality, we don't actually build on the ground, but just put the building on stilts. And so technically we haven't built on your burial ground. And then maybe we could like open up a Native American museum on the grounds and I could write that off as a tax oh deduction. My stop. <laughs> oh my God. Just stop. You don't even have to finish the episode. Because he already had the idea. Whatever he decides to do, he had the idea in general. The The chief says, the only thing I don't like about that idea is that I didn't have uh, it. Okay. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. out. Let me tell you something. I am from Oklahoma originally. <laughs> and we grew up knowing the rich, vast cultural history of Native Americans. And it goes way further than what we could eat it's just they imagine. got they they have their own struggle right yes. sure norman lear who is still alive <laughs> still alive somehow you know god allowed this to go through your ears you got to do some you got to make some stuff right like it should be where we now there's a disclaimer for everything everybody seems to be yeah. super sensitive about everything other than race other than you calling people by a rug other than you saying hey man I, I didn't think of that i'm on this hunger strike with your kids but let's just put this on some stilts mr drummond was never, <laughs> mr drummond was never part of the martin luther king no he didn't see him he don't know who that oh was. he didn't he didn't use the white people's favorite uh uh get out of I jail free card march with dr king yeah. I, I, I marched with dr king yeah. i was there yeah. I was right next to him. I was holding his hand. Mr. Drummond lived in New York and never heard of Malcolm X. Never. Nope. Nah. When he got shot, I was downstairs. I happened to be downstairs at the motel. I was there. I was I was setting up the room. I was I was making sure the room was nice. Cause that's the thing. It's just like so many broad racial stereotypes run throughout this show, done in a way for comedy. They're they're for you to laugh at. You know what I mean? Because of course, this person is Asian. They're going to eat with chopsticks. We're going to make a joke about it. Of course, this person is indigenous. They probably... There's a part where Arnold is like, you know, like doing like the oh. the stereotypical like Indian like Yelp and is oh like my God. dancing around the, uh, the, the living room. And it's just we like... We do. Come but, on, I mean, y'all. You know what I mean? But even, even when you, even when, even this is why we have to fight to do what's right. Even then, when I was growing up in elementary, they had us reenact the Trail of Tears for us to understand. And this was in Oklahoma. So it was a big part of Native American culture is there. But they were wanting us at young ages to understand what that plight was. But never once do I remember them saying, Yep, let me tell y'all about how we bought y'all. And we y'all came yeah. up. So like for us to go through history and act like that doesn't matter, it's just it's bothersome on so many levels. And the writers was like, 
yeah. And now we're gonna make Mr. Conrad Bain, we're gonna make you look real good because at the end, the chief of the tribe, the chief is gonna agree with you. I liked everything about that idea, but I didn't come up with it. Cute. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's just like one of those things where we talk about it all the time. If you are a native person watching different strokes, you know you don't see yourself on TV at all, you know, for the most part, only in rare bit instances. And so this is the representation you get. And it's like every stereotypical joke they can make about you in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? not even it's, so, it's then, not even a full 30 it's 22 baby yeah you know and so like they it's it's your turn on the spotlight you know to kind of be and then the butt the, of the jokes the, yeah and the solution is come up by this white man who again his solution is basically instead of we will we'll bequeath you the land because it you is yours you know what if i just built over top of it in a technical way and then gave you a little museum that also got me a tax deduction yeah because i need to make you know i need to make money you know know what i mean you know so it's just like and everybody wins it's it's a win for everybody you know what i mean but mostly mostly me me, yeah mr drummond Um, and my investors and my government contracts (laughs) so let's i mean let's because i i i really want to talk about now that we've kind of discussed you know certain yes. episodes of the show and certain elements of the show like let's really just for a couple minutes here just talk specifically about that relationship drummond willis arnold because i think one of the things that you see as the show goes on right like gary coleman very famously you know had you know some some very serious mm-hmm. kidney ailments that basically stunted his growth right and so like at a very young age it was basically determined that he would never grow past you know like the body of an eight-year-old child right and so like he's on the show for eight years you know what i mean so he's not eight this was my number one question entering this whole experiment and so they they in the beginning you can't really say that they're infantilizing them because they are literal 10 and 13 like they're being they're being treated like children because they're, you know, most right. more or less children, right? And so, like, certain instances where Drummond is, like, you know, telling them something and Willis is like, yeah, you're right, I was wrong, you know, I overreacted, right. I, you mm. know, whatever. But as they get older, the same thing repeats. And so you've got Arnold, who is now, like, 15, and Mr. Drummond is still picking him up like oh, a yeah. child. You know what I mean? He's still sitting in his lap mm-hmm. like a child, right? You know what I mean? And like I I think that that relationship never really evolves over the course of the show. And so for people who may in the beginning have said, "Well, you know, look, he's he's altruistic. He's doing this really good thing. He's honoring this woman's dying wish to take in her children. Look at this life that he's given them." But at the same time, like this is we're we're in peak white savior territory here because he very much so has like taken these children in and like like you were saying in that one episode there's no black rules or white rules there's only the rules of of this house which also happen to be white rules right because (laughs) because there's a lot of just like them acclimating and assimilating to white culture and white society and there's not really a lot of pushback there's black you know like again Charlene, you know, Janet Jackson, 
right is like you know a big part of the show and black celebrities will show up from time to time like muhammad ali and mr t and you know a few other people and so like they're trying a little bit to like bait that side mm. and say hey we've got your people here too you know right and we're we're catering to you as well but more or less the show really runs off of like mr drummond the parental authority figure who is guiding these two young black men through life and really only steering them in this one specific direction and not really acknowledging their own they, race it, not, not acknowledging their actual race which is the reason why we're all here exactly right and, and there's a lot there's a lot of hey we're talking about it now you know because we talk about right. everything so like this is a space where we're going to have these discussions but like the discussions never really veer into Arnold and Willis' side. It's mostly like Drummond ultimately will be either right because he's white or uh, he will be wrong momentarily before he self-corrects and does the right thing, ultimately right, becoming right, right. the hero, right? Like there's never a moment where like Willis it comes out on top because Drummond like was so headstrong and like couldn't. And and then it was like, yeah, Willis is right all along. It's like, no, even when Willis is right, Drummond is also right. And then like <laughs> reaps the benefits of it and gets to name the community center after his two black <laughs> children. So <laughs> it all work. It all work. Yeah, it's very calculated, which is intentional. Um, the concept um, comes off to me very greedy. Um, I found out that Arnold was like Arnold. Um, Gary Coleman was paid pennies um, mm -hmm. for his role, but we all yep. know he carried the show. Um, it was, and when I say greedy, just the the just the concept. Oh, people tune in to see um, this little black boy being, um, you know, precocious and adorable. Exactly. So let's keep him a little black boy as as long as we can. And even when he was clearly mm -hmm. growing out of that, I went and listened to an interview where he was like, I couldn't stand it anymore. I couldn't stand the line anymore. I clearly was not an eight-year-old anymore. Right. Um, right. They then went and created the next concept, which was Webster, about a little black right. boy being adopted by, <laughs> again, dun, 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 a Not white, the white savior, a white Oh. <laughs> and so um they actually i think it was agreed i think they seen oh this concept works we people tune into this mm -hmm. so let's just pull another young black child and play the same concept up against them but to talk about the drummond arnold and willis dynamic i think it was going to be a hit just because black people are diamonds um and i think it would have been a hit if mr drummond was mr thompson and, but, mm. you know, mm. I think when everything is so catered to the white experience, um, you know, Mr. Drummond was gonna have to come out as the savior. He's gonna always have to come out as right. I think uh, Conrad Bain would be surprised if they wrote it, you know, what are you guys doing here? Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to make it, they had to make it conducive to their comfortability which is sad because that's not the it real ain't even world. Their that's it. That, that's not even the real world. I mean, I have to wonder what type of relationship did Mr. Drummond have with his maid? I'm just going to put that out there. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. so you I, love, him and Jackson. I love black kids too. Okay. But if they did not come for me, 
it is not highly likely. I'm gonna be like, come on in, kids. I'm just gonna keep it one hundred. So you saying I'm black. you saying Mr. Drummond might have had a love affair I'm with Miss like, Jackson? First of all, he was she was at the deathbed. I'm I'm asking like, why are you at your maid's deathbed? Usually, you know what? Miss Jackson didn't come in today. She's dying. <laughs> I like I like this I like this different strokes <laughs> fanfic we got going on. Yeah, like what right. is- I mean he almost had another illegitimate son in yep. another episode. So I didn't read about that. Yeah. Yeah, like okay, Mr. Drummond, what's what's really so I think for me, like to paint that picture, like is giving this false narrative, like, oh yeah, we want to adopt these black kids that are just troubled and it's almost like that picture they paint of the kids in Africa. And they're like just two dollars and 15 cents and the babies are out there and they got flies you be on. your own mr drummond and you, <laughs> they should have sold it like that they should have like ran commercials right after the episode and been like you too can be mr drummond if five cents <laughs> sponsor they gonna get a whole meal and then they and then they named the boy after they named the kid after whatever fake African name Arnold and Willis came up for themselves. <laughs> this is Will Willis. He just, yeah, you know, she, I don't love Mabutu right here. Right. Y'all are, they're painting this unrealistic picture of, not saying that it doesn't happen. So that's the other thing. Like people adopt all the other concepts. I think that's great. I think when you adopt, there's a responsibility, especially yeah. if you are adopting black children. And because I can only talk about it from a black perspective, I, I thank God that I was, I love being black. I love no everything mistakes. about black. No mistakes. Ain't no mistakes right, right, over right. there, okay? <laughs> I love our people. No, Mr. Drummond, we're not going to paint this picture that you're always the hero because in reality, you probably going to slip up and like that little, mo-. like, let's keep it 100, right? Oh, hell yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I, I, you know, we can't see everything, but I, for sure, there's a bunch of adopted par- adoptive parents out there who have just, done terribly wrong by their children mm-hmm. and because that's the you know as long as they've adopted them the good the good part's done mm-hmm. but we don't talk about the whole fact of like what are they doing with these children are they communicating their culture to them are they giving them opportunities to experience their culture by themselves and amongst other people like them come on Cameron. Yep. No, it's it's just sad because we, we we worry. I'm just worried. I'm just I, worried, I, for them. worried too. I was gonna tell a story <laughs> about when I was at the Cheesecake Factory, and <laughs> a family. And we're I, all great. We're all good and positive stories. Sorry. Right, but <laughs> but then wait, we yeah. we were. I was having lunch and I'm side eyeing because you know I'm a black woman, and everybody was eating but the black girl who was with the family. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I wanted to be like, are y'all not feeding her because she black? But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be on CNN. It's not yeah. a good look for the cause. But I wonder, I wonder, are you going to tell her it's okay? Are you going to let her know that her hair is 4C? <laughs> or, or are you going to uh, do some really, really just unseemly things to it oh, and try to maneuver it. just going to pull like, her scalp off piece by piece. It, yeah. And then um, I do want to drop um, this. Um, they said several times in the episode that Mr. Drummond was colorblind. And I'm like, why are they like really colorblind or just like, you know what they <laughs> <laughs> that's not even. I said that is not even fair. Whoever wrote that shame on you, you know, Mr. Drummond, right. colorblind. He is living in the United States of these Americas. 
He get to he get to walk out the door every single day and be praised. What for you his talking life. about, Willis? I don't see no color to be and then to be bringing up two black kids in the late 70s early 80s and telling me that they lived a life where they wasn't reminded every day they was black shame the the sole fact that he adopted these two kids specifically is because they black like i don't that colorblind shit is like the it's the worst way to go about this conversation. It's the worst way to go about the racial conversation because it negates it negates I'm not trying to say otherism, but it negates personality. It negates personhood. Yeah. It yeah. negates culture. Yeah. It negates so many things that make a person a person, right? Yeah. But then you're going to go and say, like, but I'm doing right by you because yeah. me, the white person, is adopting you, the black child. I'm providing you some shelter. And I got I'm providing you shelter. I'm providing you right. space. And then when Kimberly called Roger a bigot, I said, oh, yep. you real politically correct. You're a bigot. Because you know Roger, you know <laughs> Roger of... would have showed his true colors. And Kimberly would have been okay with hold, it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. I have a question. Because <laughs> in this world, that different strokes are <laughs> Go seven. for it. Somehow, Kimberly has that wig. Already yes. Already in shop. Does she keep that wig? And how often after this episode does, does she, she pull wear it out that on wig Halloween? Because this is 1978, <laughs> 79, so they might have seen Diana Ross in The Wiz. Do you think she's just in her room sometimes and she just puts like, the I'm wig Diana on? Ross. I'm Dorothy from The and Wiz. She... <laughs> I think she went. She went. I, I think the most... The most telling thing you can do in the industry is recording behind the scenes. So I'm gonna just let you know, like y'all better make sure y'all mic packs is off. And the camera's not picking up the audio because behind the scenes, that's when you're really kind of not acting and your coworkers, but you guys are not all that cool or whatever. And if we really hmm. think the world is this Mr. Drummond rainbow happy place we're full of crap and they yeah. paint that in 1979 they're trying to still paint that today in 2022 and we have to be the force behind it so when we do our initiatives when we talk about black and indigenous people of color and we encourage them we're not trying to write stories from different communities that we don't belong to right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. voices to say speak to that because i don't want to just see the same thing all the time well i think the thing too this is this is kind of like the overriding sentiment and ideology of the show is about tolerance and i feel like tolerance is the like which one which one is the in the matrix is the blue pill or the red pill which is the one that you don't want to take it's the one (laughs) the red pill takes you to the matrix the blue pill lets you sit at home oh it's then it's the red pill of 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 racial conversation because it's like hey if we just tolerate each other right but like the definition of the word isn't understanding it's like well i'm just gonna put up with this shit you know what i mean like whatever it is (laughs) that you do that makes me uncomfortable and I don't like, I guess I'll just won't say anything about it. And that's makes me progressive and makes me, you know, like somebody who can kind of 
more or less pass within society, right? Like nobody's going to question how I think or what I feel, right? Whereas the real thing you should be doing is like, well, why do why is it that two men kissing makes you uncomfortable? Like right. maybe you should think about that confrontation <laughs> and, and and take that in. What is it about somebody speaking a language other than English that makes you uncomfortable, right? Because right. like. That's yeah. something that you should investigate. That's not that person's problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's right. on you. And I think oftentimes people use tolerance as like a shield to throw up as like, hey, you know, well, you know, I tolerate all kinds of people and all kinds of, you know, ways of living right. instead of like, oh, I, I actually turned the mirror back on me and then reflected upon why it is that certain things made yeah. me uncomfortable uh, and yeah, then therefore I, and I'm I exempt and I am not bad. Right. Exactly. And so like Mr. Drummond never turns the mirror back on himself and asks yeah. those questions. He just says, yeah. well, right. we need to live together. And like love is 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 the only thing that we need to, to care about and think about. And we'll just tolerate each other and love each other and like be one right. big happy family. Instead of like clearly your children have tried to leave multiple times there is a problem <laughs> happening in your home that maybe for real they was only there a day before they was like yo uh i think <laughs> like, we i think we should call a social worker you know what i'm saying it's you know like in the roots episode it's never like hey not even like am i mr drummond the problem but like my children are clearly making a plea that they would like to be more involved in their culture and see more of themselves in our home and have more right. interactions with, you know, Harlem and where they come from. And my solution is to bring in a black psychologist to then gaslight them so that ultimately I don't have to change. You know, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like... Sound like the answer to me. Right. When you start putting all these pieces <laughs> together, it's like, well, this show isn't really that tolerant or anything like that it really is just like a, a bunch of like hey but what if we hug each other hey like it's Jordan, you know it's gonna be okay in the end just, Jordan, why can't you just enjoy the show oh, yeah that's that's on me maybe i should reflect on, on what's <laughs> and i just want to say this too for all the writers i have this is my thing for if you're a writer mm-hmm. and you're black And I need you. And I'm not going to promise you lollipops and rainbows. I'm not going to say they're opening the door. I don't care if they're liberal or not because there's liberal racists. I just want you to know that we need you in the genre. We need you to write. We need you to write horror. We need you to write comedy. We need you to write fantasy. We need you to write. We just need you to write. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there that are, you got to search them out that want to, one, compensate you. People should not be working for free. For sure. Well, that's what Felicia said, and she means it. And two, that's really to put you into that space. So please write, because when you don't write, we are void of being in the room. And then when you get in that room, I pray courage to stand up. The next series that we we just got our first series in post, but the next series my sister curated, it has to deal with Black trans women. And here in Dallas, Texas, we lead, we lead the nation in black trans women murders. Mm-hmm. And they're not being solved. They're not getting no, they're not getting attention. We also address um, the small percentage of black lawyers that exist in America. So it's a legal law drama. We we only got about eight or nine percent of that market, y'all. Eight percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't take up with there's not a lot of black lawyers. 
So we we're gonna take up that space though. Yes, mm -hmm. we need black writers. We need black writers. We need black producers, showrunners, executive producers. And guess what? You're probably saying, "Oh, those words are so big." If you came up with the budget for a thousand dollars to make whatever, you're an executive producer. Put oh. that on your resume. Oh. Push that out to yourself. Do not let imposter syndrome get you because if we don't, there's another, you know, Norman Lear that's going <laughs> to sit up here and say, I know all black culture. You put them in a, a, a dashiki and Willis is going to feel guilty. <laughs> well, I think this is this is a perfect segue to talk a little bit about Eric Monte, who uh, people know the name. You know, you may have seen recently that, you know, stuff has started to come back up you know, addressing uh, his history with Norman Lear um, and basically how, you know, he has said um, that Norman Lear, one, is a racist, <laughs> his words, and two, that, um, like, he did not get credit for you a Eric? number of things, Cameron, right? So, Jake Jordan, like, do y'all believe Eric? So I've, I've watched, I watched the, the story that you sent me um, and I think that there is definitely mm -hmm. not, I wouldn't even like say credence, you know, in the sense of like, you know, uh, yeah, it's like a, a thousand percent of it's true, but also oh, like yeah. knowing how Hollywood works, knowing how, <laughs> you know, a lot of these things work, you know, I, you can never necessarily take. Yeah a thousand percent of somebody's story and say yes like everything is true like, like there's always going to be some shades and, and some you know little bits here or there that may yeah you know what i mean because everybody wants to be right you know in their story but hearing hearing it out and kind of tracing the timeline and the history like what eric monte says is that you know he would been around for a little bit he was in la he was you know working on some uh yeah. not even like television stuff but mostly just like working as a writer and then he was approached by you know one of the members of uh all in the family mm -hmm. um to kind of like help him work on a spec script mm -hmm. that's going to kind of flesh out his character and that's where he came up with the idea for the jeffersons and, and created you know the characters that became the jeffersons um and when you know norman lear was going on to create other shows like norman lear wanted to create you know, a spinoff of a of a British show called Steps mm -hmm. Steps Shoe and Son, um, which became Stanford Sanford and Son. And Eric Monte says that he told him, Oh, that should be about black people and you should cast Red Fox. And he says that Norman Lear said, Well, who's Red Fox? You know, I don't know who that is. Um, but then, you know, a couple years later when the show gets made, he casts Red Fox. It's basically all of Eric Monte's ideas, uh, you know, <laughs> turned into to Sanford and Son and then you know same thing when he creates the jeffersons you know like eric monte is not credited with you know anything having to do with the creation of the characters even then again you know it's, it's documented that that spec script that he made was what you know brought the jeffersons to life and so he's not getting any credit for that show he does go on to create yeah. you know help co-create good times which is you know basically his life you know being in uh the Cabrini Green projects, right? But then, like, very quickly is clashing with all the other right writers and is more or less ran off the show, you know, after a season. 
Um, but then he goes on to create Cooley High, and that's a big success. And then Cooley High, like, is the inspiration for what's happening. What's happening is, you know, another success that gets another spinoff. Um, but ultimately, he ends up suing Norman Lear and, like, a bunch of other people because, you know, his words are that, like, the his agent, the production company behind what's happening, and, uh, you know, a friend of Norman Lear who is also a producer – basically go behind his right. back to like take sole credit for the production of what's happening. Like what's happening was supposed to be produced by him and his production company ends up being produced by these three other white people. Right. And he has got nothing to do with. And so he's suing them. He's suing ABC. He's suing Norman Lear, but you know, more or less what happens is that like it's getting real close to the statute of limitations running out. Norman Lear is like, yeah. yo, I'll give you a million dollars, you know, more or less like take this deal. Uh, and his lawyers are like, you know, we, you should take the deal. Like we, if you don't take the deal, we basically won't represent you. And so he's kind of forced into taking that deal. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, you know, settles, but like then is blacklisted for the rest of his career, more or less, like hasn't really done anything besides like some episodes of the Wayne's brothers and Moesha, um and so you know it's just a story where i'm sure there are some inconsistencies in the sense of like things may have happened similar but not exactly the way that he says or you know certain right, things right, like right. that the specificities of the story probably don't match up right but it all tracks like it all it, all, it don't it don't sound wrong How yeah about it it all makes sense in the way that something like that would go down um, I think famously again, John Amos was fired from good times because he right. was, right. and again, in his own words, you know, having clashes with the writers, mm-hmm. um, Eric Monte says that on good times, they would send the scripts in the black cast would read it, would not be happy about it. He would right. basically rewrite it or touch it up. And that would would be what would go on air just with Norman Lear's and other people's names on the script and the credit instead of his. And so um, that also sounds like what happens in Hollywood. A lot of the times where people end up doing a lot of work that doesn't get credited to them because they're not right. the name or the, you know, the the person on top. Um, and so, you know, it makes sense. Cause I think Norman Lear very much. So is a very talented person who should be credited with a lot of innovations sure. in television and did sure. a lot of great Definitely. things. But two things can be true, where he could also be somebody who maybe, you know, is taking advantage of people, um, you know, maybe not not necessarily in a James Patterson, like, I didn't write any of this kind of way, you know, but 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 in a way that's like, I, yeah, I heard something and like, that sounded good. And, oh, okay, like, yeah, I'll just do these things, you know, kind of surreptitiously and not necessarily give credit to people because like right because i'm in the position to actually make it happen and who's gonna know because who's eric monte like who's (laughs) you know what and i can't even say that that part of the conversation didn't happen but it feels like that part of the conversation probably happened where he was like who are you right you know who's eric no one's gonna say because looking for your name but i you know who's to say who's evil well the through line of the the through line of the whole thing though is it's very much so a black experience writ large in which you know whether you're in hollywood or whether you're in the office or whether you're you know no matter what you're doing you know it's very very 
common and easy for people to take credit for your ideas or, you know, kind of put you in a position where, sure, you could come out and say, no, I did that or that that was mine or, you know, I, I deserve credit for that. But then there's the whole just mountain of, you know, extra stuff that you could be buried under where it's like, yeah, you get credit for that and then you never work again. You know, you get credit for you that. Just, yeah, you're you just fired, out of the you know thing. I mean? Yeah. You know, so yes, you know, take take credit for that presentation, but also like you got fired, <laughs> you know, so it's not really like a, a thing where you're able to, you know, like really enjoy. It's, it's the it's the mental calculations that black people have to make time and time again, where we have to decide, is it worth it? Is that fight worth it? Is that particular moment worth it to get into? Or is it going to be more trouble? than anything to to kind of push those buttons and should i just right shut up and and keep it moving you know and good and also good on him for keeping it moving and actually like continuing to create dope yeah. content that is like timelessly influential you know coolie yeah. high is like I, I know my dad said it many times that it was like one of his favorite movies oh yeah you know it's definitely a movie i've seen um several times and still love this time you know yeah it's, it's, it's timeless and yeah. really good on him for not like stopping altogether and not sure. letting him stop him. Yeah. But also, you know, that's why it feels truthful because mm. his name these, probably would have been so much bigger. These things, they do happen. Um, yeah. Well, we have, we pay the, I'll just say this real quick. We, yeah. We have sure. to, we have to understand that there is someone right now in Hollywood that's paying a price for the next big whoever that's black. And they're paying that price. Right. And then somebody black is going to come along and they're going to get a gain of benefit from that. But if you're black, I believe you have a responsibility. You do, you can't just get into these seats and not get vocal about where you're at. I feel like when you do things with integrity, you'll always be protected, even when it doesn't feel like it. Right now, we're hearing his story. We're learning something different about Norman Lear other than he was just this television God that rained down all of these beautiful black shows um, you know, for what they were all the time. There's always a story behind the story. So do everything with intention, with integrity, with patience, with respect. Those are the values that we live by. In this industry, we had to set those values up top because mm -hmm. no matter what, whether you're right. Cosby, you gonna get caught. Right. <laughs> that shit coming back. I'm sorry, like Bill Cosby, uh, Harvey Weinstein, R. Kelly, like you know, R. Kelly. Uh, too. Like y'all was all quiet. Like take the high road. It doesn't take all of that to create. Like no one has to cuss you out. You shouldn't be sleeping on the couch with somebody unless you absolutely want to. And please don't let it be for a part that you're probably not gonna get. And they'll recast. Like get. Like let's do this differently. And even when we say do it differently, how we do it and what we're doing and the stories in which we're telling. That's why if you're in black, you're black, you're in media, listen, we better not find out on this show that you are in the <laughs> world and went down and you didn't say nothing. Like, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She ain't doing that. Like, I got problems with Stranger Things. I, 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 I think multiple black people have some problems <laughs> with Stranger Things, especially after this season, but... Um... Come on! And then this Whoever allowed Lucas to be looking like that on camera on a premium network, black women would have said, nah, come on here, baby. Let me do what 
Lucas lives in Indiana. Luke, Lucas lives in Indiana. You know, like he's probably the one black family that lives around there. Like that's all I'm saying about that. Like I, you know, I ain't apologizing for the network. I'm just saying, like <laughs> character wise, him and him and his sister don't got too many black friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No, and I can't even go down if, Erica. If, but if I could end with this, I would just like the whole conversation about different strokes about. Eric Monty about Norman Lear, all of these things are so important. And thank y'all for having this platform to yes. talk about these things. And then when it comes to creating content that features black, African, and indigenous people of color, Latin, Asian, we must do it carefully. We must do it carefully. Right. We must curate carefully. We must have the right people on set for lighting. We must have the right people on set for makeup. We must have black people in the right. All those and things. pay them. All those things right. matter. And so that's that. That's my biggest and give them benefit that I want to um, blast out. Thank y'all so much for this conversation. But yeah. we need black people in these spaces mm -hmm. because they often forget. Oh, we we got black characters in this, but then they're comes with another level of responsibility. Let me make sure I got black hair. Let me make sure I got black makeup artists. Let me make sure that I got black people that know how to like black people. Let me make sure, I mean, all those things matter. Yeah. It's just not, oh, well, we put, we checked it off the box. Yeah. We got two black people on set. It's more than that. And so, yeah, thank you guys so much for this dope conversation. Yeah, for sure. Well, Definitely. Before we before we get out of here, we definitely have to put this on the caucasity ranking scale. Uh, we've yeah. got three levels of caucasity, as you know. Um, first level of caucasity is shorts in the winter. We're in the summertime now, you know, so we we still got some time, you know, before so we, shorts are cool now. Yeah, before this this kind of loose back around on us, but um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, in Dallas, is that the thing? Do white people walk around in shorts all year round, or is it? Well, it's always it's always warm in Dallas, right? It is. We it don't is. really have a full spring, winter, summer, fall. We can get it all in one week. Yeah. So that might be <laughs> you're, you're in Maryland, and so you may get a real winter. Yeah, um, but back in Oklahoma, though. I would say yeah, okay. it was shorts in the winter. It was shorts in the winter. It was shorts in the winter. Yeah, you know, so this is this is the level of not hurting me, but questionable decision, right? Like, okay. it, it's cold. I mean, we could all agree upon it. This is this is not something yeah. that's left to you know personal subject subjectivity. Like, it's it's ten degrees outside, you know, put some pants on, put a snowsuit on. Or or don't even go outside. Who needs to be outside or when just it's ten degrees? Stay yeah. in your house. Yeah. But you know, you've clearly made a decision and you know we we have questions about it. Cameron, what's the second level? Uh the second level caucasity is uh this in this case T V show is touching my hair. Mm. So this is like we we've extended beyond, you know, I was wearing weird shorts. You know, now I'm just like now I got questions about your hair. But not a, not just verbal questions, you know, physical questions. I, I have to experiment for yeah. myself. That's right. We're reaching in. Yeah. We're reaching in and we touch it. Did they touch? We didn't ask. Did they touch Arnold or Willis's hair on the show? I didn't. I didn't witness. Oh, it, I haven't. I didn't see any. Uh, I didn't see I any. Would not be surprised. I, I can't. Be surprised I can't either. take it. I. I don't know. I just yeah. can't even. There was an episode where Kimberly was like. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about getting another wig <laughs> um the third level of caucasity 
I mean, white people have been working overtime recently, so I'll, I'll just run a few down, and you can let me know if I missed anything. Uh, there was, a, you know, obviously everything going on with the Supreme Court. Um, obviously everything going on with Jordan Peterson uh, and his crazy ass. <laughs> He's been saying recently. Um, he needed to shut up. He he could just stop talking. We'd be good. You, you know, um, I mean, you know, it's it's a tragedy, but everything that was happening in uh in Highland Park uh recently, you know, just we can't give up the guns and so this continues um i want to get it right you guys might know more about this than i do but i know recently the texas board of education a few people were petitioning them to change slavery in the textbooks to i believe it was forced relocation forced relocation um (laughs) bam so that's wow you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, what a time. Uh, there's the the woman who created Friends recently apologized uh, for the lack of diversity in her show and then in turn donated $4 million to her own alma mater, which is not black, uh, yeah. to create what? a to their to their African-American studies department. What's her uh, alma mater? Um, it sounds like like a like a private college. Um oh. But, you know, so that was her solution to rectify her past is to give four million dollars to a, I'm going to say, predominantly white private institution to their African. I got a feeling it's like Vassar or something like that. Yeah. Um, Somebody asked Jerry Seinfeld if he would do the same thing. And his one word response was no. Uh, So (laughs) uh, they're they're just really out here. It's a broad spectrum. Take your pick. They're all they're all doing the most. It's it's caucastic summer you know so uh where do you guys not if beyonce has anything to say about it (laughs) right well we can't can't sing too much of that it's a a podcast we're still for free out here okay you're right thank you for that yeah so where do you guys think that this lands on the ranking scale oh um i want to say because uh, I feel like they've gone beyond touching. They did. The black face they, did it. Yeah, touching our hair. The black um, face. Mm-hmm. It's, it's clearly not the shorts in the. No, you know, it's no. not that. And it's not even the, you know, touching my hair. This is total on. I am going to leave you out of a show, friends, and donate money to my white institution in the name of blackness. You <laughs> not even go to any of the black students that are there. This is definitely, I'm not going to call slavery, slavery. You were forced relocated, you damn were, it. And then what is, so what is, what, how do we heal? How do we heal? <laughs> you don't. How do we? You don't. You got too much melanin. How do we heal if we keep choosing these comfortable adjectives to explain (laughs) tragedy? I'm just like forced relocation. Forced relocation. Um, in Texas, will like I'm in Texas, and we will. Yeah, it feels like a slap in the face. You, you, you better not take that gun, but you can't rewrite history. Yeah, thankfully the Texas Board of Education was like, no, <laughs> we're Thank not going to do that. Thank uh, God. But for a moment there, it is Texas, and people are like, entertaining. They, they might just do that. Yeah, and don't, don't don't think they won't try again. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, as much as I 
I enjoy different strokes growing up. I am a grown person now. Mm-hmm. And um, I this would not be something that as much as I would want to, I would have to educate my future children. Like I want to show you this show that I grew up on, mm-hmm. but I really want you to look at it from a realistic point of view. Yes, yeah, so I would have to take them through a class before I could even give them the the series. I would have to really get them educated about everything you're going to watch is fantasy here mm-hmm. but let's let's go into it but as long as you know we're going into this um this series that was enjoyable for our and generation then I'm a quiz them. so now tell me what was wrong with kimberly <laughs> down there in that wig. and tell me what was the problematic issues with mr drummond talk to me so yeah they would have to get a, a quiz after that enjoy it and laugh but afterwards we'd have to go through that thing so that my children wouldn't be walking down into society thinking i'm gonna find me a mr german where do you guys land at i want to know where you guys yeah are. cameron what do you think yeah i think this is uh uh homegirl from friends uh donating four million dollars to brandeis university by the yeah. way uh, you know no that how big it, how man. big do you think their african-american studies department is i'm gonna say the school is in massachusetts so i'm gonna say not that big <laughs> um yeah this is it's, it's still peak caucasity out here we we're not done uh it's it's, it's crazy i really thought it was going to be like some sort of at least half-hearted attempt to like try to have the conversation because this was the uh, <laughs> kind of the uh, breakthrough. We're going to have a very special episode sitcom. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to have a very special sit down, let's sit down and talk about it. But uh, we were only interested in uh, making really weird jokes and uh not involving black people in the writing or creation of the sitcom whatsoever. So yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to say there's some some peacock Cassidy here. Was, Top yeah. tier. I gotta I also gotta go with forced relocation. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, initially I, I also was going in with it. This is probably some touching my hair stuff. And then I saw the blackface episode and I was like kind of hard to to give it less than three after that and then like Bruh. each subsequent episode because here's the thing that we we also you know when we when we incorporate the legacy of the show but also like how people were expected to and like take the show in because think about you know late 70s 80s still you know there's nothing close to you know streaming or you know any of these other things and so like television was still appointment viewing and families would sit down together to watch different strokes like this is what we're going to do this evening and so people would watch these shows and because it got that reputation of being the the show that would would go there and talk about these issues and have these conversations it was viewed as like not even just an enlightened show but like a show on the cutting edge of you know like political and social conversation and so like conversation people yeah would watch different strokes and then i assume would would talk about it but there wasn't really a lot to talk about you know because like ultimately you would just agree with mr drummond right in a way that was like we're not really challenging any of these viewpoints or having you know these larger conversations because there was no black people involved in the production of it then you don't really get to see not even because you know it's it's always like they try to 
boil things down to a to a two sides argument where it's like you know well, let's get the white perspective and let's get the black perspective yeah. where in a lot of the times when you actually have a larger viewpoint of the conversation that you're having you know like you realize that it's really nuanced and and complicated but also nine times out of ten it's not that <laughs> It's not that like white people are wrong and terrible and you know, et cetera, et cetera, but it's just like but you can trace what's happening now back to certain moments in time, right? And so you can trace back, you know, like blackface not only as like a thing that was done specifically to to denigrate black people and, and be, you know, done at our expense, but then sure. also white people turned around and used that as a reason to not cast us in things because they could just have a black face. And like be us and like represent us in the media that was supposed to be for us. And, and so that's all like, it took. That's all it took. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and really so, all it took. And so like when you get down to the larger social, you know, contextual things about it, Kimberly coming down in blackface isn't just one thing, it's multiple things, right? And then them turning it around for it to be like, hey, she's right right like cheer for kimberly now <laughs> applause sign you know it's just like come on y'all like there's no way that anybody who really had any you know just knowledge or foresight or understanding of like black people and black history and black culture would ever say that's a thing to do you know um so i i i can't most of the show is benign and yeah. and enjoyable in certain ways like again sure. we got to give it up to, to gary coleman we got to give it up uh to ty bridges and and yeah. you know like it is and jan again janet jackson we didn't really get to talk about her but you know this is one of her first big breakthrough roles and brought her you know to more national attention and so like there's things to like about different strokes oh, but right. at the same time it is so offensive <laughs> and so racist and and such a blatant way that's like they were not even trying to dance around it like here it is here's kimberly not even just in blackface but then other episodes like talking jive or like you know doing a dance that's like you know mocking willis or you know yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have that gif up for y'all yeah <laughs> there's like there's too much there's too much happening here to really yeah. ignore so um well as we wrap up i want to give you guys uh really just a lot of love for for what you're doing um you Don't know we love to, we love to see it we love to see people not even just like you know talking the talk but also walking the walk right like doing the things that are necessary to kind of help you know push things forward and move things forward and giving people opportunities um and also you know, that space yeah creating their own thing so uh you know one more time tell us all about watts Tell us what you got coming out. Tell us what people should be looking for. If people are listening to this and they're like, hey, that sounds great. We'd like to get involved somehow. Like tell people, you know, where they can find you on the Internet and all that stuff. Absolutely. Watts Productions is extremely unique in the sense that um, we are extremely, I'm using extremely twice, but we are extremely intentional about the content that we create. Um, we are very careful with the pen. We do a lot of careful curation to make sure that everybody in the world is seen. And um, that is a very intentional act. I can see why different strokes was so effed up 
because it's it's easy to um, write from a sense of privilege. Oh, I'm the only one in the world. And if the world is going to look like anything, this is how my black people are going to look in it. Mm -hmm. And it's just wrong. And I just, that's the, that is the force behind why we have Watts Productions today. Mm -hmm. Our series that's coming up is Frame of Reference about a chief technology officer. I have to say this. Yes. W-A-T-Z-S. Yes, W-A-T-Z-S productions.com. Okay, friend. Get it right, get it right. All right, friend. And so our first series that's um, on cue to come up is Frame of Reference. The trailer's on the website. Yes, um, it's about a chief technology officer. Yes, we, we exist in those spaces um, that is diagnosed with Parkinson's and he has to make a lot of decisions um, based off that diagnosis. So it's a, a, a dope drama that features uh, up and coming, beautiful black actors and actresses. Real diamonds. Across the U United States, States of America. Our lead characters played by Edmund Lorea. He has a whole host of other folks that are around him. These are black men. Trust me, we took our time on this. We got it right. It's yeah. a great series streaming platform coming soon. I can't drop the name just yet. But stay tuned. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's our first series. And I, I, and I wrote it for our community to be seen and be felt. I'm a dark-skinned, plus-size woman. I get tired of seeing shows that don't feature real people that look like me. I didn't forget anybody. I got my vitiligo community. I got my melanin community. Mm -hmm. I got my real-life plus-size community. <laughs> I got my real-life right. issues that's embedded in the community. We deal with colorism. We deal with prison reform. We deal with life, uh, mental health. We deal with life and we do it in a way that doesn't have us in these trope situations. And then we also have the POC Symposium, the People of Color Creative Symposium that's coming up in Dallas, Texas yes. on September 3rd. We have the beautiful and talented can I say that? Yes, okay. Uh, Kim Cold is coming um, to talk to the actors and actresses, writers, uh, writers directors, you know, just to talk about oh, her longevity in the, the industry. So she'll be descending on Dallas to, to give that piece of it. And then we also have our writing initiative where we fund a film every year. Now, yes. I got to say this because we the real deal. Okay. <laughs> and I, I, I forgot too much to play with people, especially when it comes about this art. But the POC Symposium is a very real thing. If you, you enter, you got to make a self-investment. I don't care what it is. I just need to know it's a self-investment because I got to weed out the people who pretended. I need those real writers that got that thing on that laptop. They've been going over it over and over again. It is ready. Submit to that contest. If you are chosen, we fund 100% the film. And you get to be a part of the whole process to learn from the ruler to the tutor, from casting to if you want to look at directing, that's a real big stretch, but you, you know, we'll help you get there. And it's a, a short, there's at least 20 minutes. You own the full rights of that asset. See, now I'm gonna give all my Jay-Z thing. Ownership is important. And owning your assets is important. If you were doing something well, you should definitely put a price point on it so people can pay for it in the name of Jesus. And we are looking for you. We looking for you. A lot of black people come up to us and they ask, oh, what should I do with my, my headshot? Girl. And what should I do with my script? 
um, let me let me help a whole lot of people. Help them. Ain't nothing wrong with your headshot. You look good. Most of the time, it's nothing wrong with your script. At, right. You Maybe need you punch some, it up a little bit. You need someone who's looking for you. Correct. If they're not looking for you, you just writing and you just submitting to roles that they didn't create for you. Watch is actually creating for you. And read the Hollywood Diversity Report <laughs> issued by UCLA. They have one for television and they have one for film. And if you want to see the numbers. They're right there in black and white. They're telling you how we're left out of these industry, especially writers. And so we're gonna kick the door down. We need people to continue to write. If you see the Zachary sisters doing anything, please cheer us on <laughs> and stream. When we come out, I mean, I want y'all to stream over and over again because we need that. We need that support. We gotta support the people that are there. But I promise you, we are reaching back and gonna take as many people with us as we possibly can so that we won't just have a Norman Lear show talking about it 30 <laughs> years from now, about what, they didn't say this, that's not, we're not gonna right. take that in. Um, well, let, let people know website, social media, all that stuff where they can reach out yeah, and find you. Uh, so Instagram, we're at the Watts Prod. Um, our website is wattsproductions.com, Twitter, Prod Watts. Facebook, Watts Productions, we're on them all. Um, we are really out on W-A-T-Z-S. What does that stand for? Who are the Zachary sisters? Because uh, we're oh, out here doing it um, for real. And we are funding films for real. And we are hiring black writers for real. And we are creating arts to black actors and actresses in front of the camera and the behind the camera can be supported and funded black and working. Black design, black wardrobe, black editor. And we're not anti anyone. No, I have to say this. People. I'm not anti anyone, but I'm pro black. I'm going to always, I love black people for who I'm rooting for. Everybody black. I am. Black. That's <laughs> right. I That's how, right. I know how hard it is for us out in this space. And um, when we started our production company, which was 14 years ago, we not one and done. We've been in this game a long time. That's right. Now discovering us, That's but fine. we've been out here. But um, when you do discover us, I hope that you feel our heart and our intention. Yeah. We're serious about the work we're doing in this space. And thank you, Jordan and Cameron, for letting us share that. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, we definitely. we definitely, again, need to continue to get this stuff out there, get people involved, uh, keep the ball rolling, keep the momentum going. Because, you know, the more of us that are in these spaces and the more that we can kind of, like you said, reach back and, and, and pull more people in you know, the, the more progress we're going to make in general. So, right. um, well, Cameron, follow that up, uh, tell people <laughs> where they could find you, what you got. Oh my gosh. Uh, pretty simple here. <laughs> the blipster 1138 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Fernie and Luca hit bam cinema fest. People seem to like it. So maybe it'll hit another festival coming near you. Um, I'm also writing a script, you know, so there's stuff out there. We, you know, we, we, we all, we all out here creating y'all going to hear from me. So don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And to Karen with love, my sketch comedy group, uh, you can check them out on YouTube. Uh, other than that, that's Cameron. Nice. Nice. And I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at JR Sosa 18, JR Sosa 18. Uh, Samurai Sonia is in stores now. Going to be running until October. 
Uh, got more comics coming out soon, more stuff to announce coming out soon. So be on the lookout for that. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at white underscore pod. If you want to reach out to us and write us, you can reach out to us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. We have our anniversary episode coming up soon. I'm going to what? That's a month. That's a month. It's it's been a a year and a month. It's it's been a year of this coming up soon. Um, and you know, we're not going to, we're not going to get too spicy, but I think we, we may have secured a very special guest that we will announce, uh, as that comes up. So, but just be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout. Um, Exciting times over here. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, Kalusha and just want to thank you again so much for, for jumping on with us. Um, this has been wonderful and that's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you guys next week. We're more Cacassidy. Peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.